0: Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales, I'm Jim. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived there, there are links to many places you can hear our podcast or access our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Nice to have you riding along today. A little over a year ago, my home county and a huge part of the state of Colorado, had a historical devastating fire that affected many, many friends and family up there in North Central Colorado. It was a terrible event and I never remember anything even coming close to what that area experienced. Never did. Once in a while you'd hear about a forest fire or something like that, but nothing. Where it was just sweeping towards and threatening towns hundreds of thousands of acres, uprooting people and things. Reflecting back when I was a child, fire, in one way or another, has always been in my life. Some examples of that, my earliest recollection of dealing with fire was from the time I was five or six years old, going down in the basement of my dad's grocery store, had an old coal furnace down there and they would throw all the box tops and all the trash and things from the store throw them down the stairs to get down there on truck day you almost had to slide down like on your butt because the box tops and all that was coming up the stairs you get down there and you light the fire and then you throw one piece in at a time now that's not the way we're taught We were taught you go down there and you stuff that furnace full of box tops and papers and all the stuff laying around on the floor and up the stairway. And then you light the fire and you close the door and and you go on about your business. But my brother John and I, and probably my brother Don as he got a little older, we'd get that fire going and then we'd throw one box top in at a time just one at a time and watch it burn sometimes we'd throw two or three in and get a bigger fire it was a lot of fun and quite a way to waste your time so you didn't have to go upstairs and stock some shelves or sweep the back room or help bill in the meat market that was always not a fun job at all i'm amazed how in control that furnace was We should have probably burnt the whole store down, goofing around like that, but we never did. So apparently, my brothers and I did have some knowledge about how devastating a fire can be and how quickly it can move and how it's not a toy or a game or any of that. It is to be respected with the utmost respect. When I was in grade school, we learned about Smokey Bear. Remember him? Only you can prevent forest fires in a lot of ways that is true there are other ways Those start though with lightning and situations beyond man's control apparently but I do believe man is responsible for most of the fire devastation on this earth one way or the other also when I was a boy one of my jobs was to burn the trash we'd have a old 55 gallon drum sitting out in the alley And every day or two, my job was to take the trash out, put it in that drum, and set it on fire. I always watched it and goofed with it, made sure everything was burning. That was always my job, probably until I left home. I probably always said it was unfair that I had two other brothers. Why don't they take the trash out? Maybe they did, but the way I remember it... Jim, take the trash out. I used to watch my grandma light her gas burner stove... And what she would do was she'd get these big old matches out of a little clay container there. And she'd scrape the match up against one of the burners and it'd catch fire. and Then she'd just light one of the other burners. I was amazed at how big those matches were. The only matches I ever saw, except at Grandma's, were these little matches in a matchbook. So I was always fascinated by her matches and how she had to do that to boil some water or make me some soup or something. We had electric burners at home, so that was the one place I got to experience that. I remember from the time I was fairly young, having campfires, we'd go camping and make a campfire. lot of times you go to a campground and there was already a fire pit all built out of concrete with grates and everything but other times we go somewhere and we'd have to gather up some rocks and make us a fire ring gather some dry wood and start it real small with dried grasses and little bitty twigs and work our way up to bigger pieces of wood The most important thing i ever learned about campfires was not how to make it which was important you can't just put a bunch of big old logs in there and light a match and expect anything to happen except for the match to go out but the most important thing was putting that campfire out if you didn't have enough water to put on it and stir those coals and pour a little more water on that fire then you better get a shovel and put some dirt there and mix it all up and smother that and put some more dirt and smother that fire. Make sure it's completely out. Remember old Smokey the Bear said only you can prevent forest fires after all. When I was about 12, right over the hill, and we talked about this one time in a past podcast, but the people that lived over the hill had a construction company, and they had a big old barn that they kept all their equipment in and all their tools and miscellaneous items. It was a big old building. And one night it caught fire, and it burnt for hours, and it burnt to the ground. And the heat was so intense, we could feel it at our house. People were parked up on the hill looking down because it was right at the foot of the hill, right almost basically below our house just off about 100 feet from our house, down the hill there, about 100 feet east of our house and down over the hill. And there were fire departments from all over. It was an amazing fire. The only fire I ever saw that was larger than that was in a town 15 miles to the east of us. One block of the whole Main Street burnt down one night. I was probably 16 at the time. We drove up there. We heard the fire was going on. And just watching it burn. I remember I used to like a girl that lived in that old hotel that was part of what burnt down. Can you hear the thunder? Man, the thunder just shook the house. I have a lot of noise-canceling devices on my recording here. So I don't know if you could hear it or not. But that was amazing. I thought the storm was over. Anyway, it burnt that one side of the street. clear down. Nobody was hurt or killed, and I really think that whole block, there are no businesses anymore. Everything had been abandoned. Very old buildings, probably just as dry as kindling. How about wood stoves and fireplaces? I spoke about my only form of heat for a couple of years was an old wood stove I had put together by junk parts I found in a irrigation ditch. Or the nice wood cook stove I had in the little cabin I used to live in only form of heat. My parents had a nice fireplace, but my dad only burned it once in a while. It was strictly for ambiance, but it was kind of nice. I remember him making the fire, poking a little, getting it going. We have a nice fireplace in our home. Years ago, we had a ice storm in this country and knocked our electricity out for a week. Our house is all electric, and so we heated this house by that fireplace. Now, it was never designed to be your major form of heat. There was no insert in it or any of that, just a fireplace. And we pretty much hung out in the family room, that's what we call it, where our TV and our fireplace is, for a week, listening to TV shows on this special radio I had, battery-powered. I burnt that fireplace so hot that I melted the grates. I had to replace the grates once the electricity came back on. It was just amazing. But I was burning the hardest wood I could find trying to get it as warm as I could. Charcoal grills and gas grills. A charcoal grill you do have to kinda know what you're doing with fire. You don't wanna pour too much lighter fluid in it. Throw a match in there and have an explosion take your hair right off. That's what it would do. That is a fact. We had charcoal grills for years and then I graduated to gas grills. You still have to light those burners though. In the old days I'd have to stick a match down there and then they started coming out with igniters. So all you have to do is turn the gas on one of the burners and push the igniter. But gas grills can get away from you just as fast as anything. One time I turned the gas on and got it going. I went in to season the steaks and goof around and I knew it would take about 10 minutes to warm up sufficiently. Came back out and the whole grill was on fire. There's grease in the pan of it that had caught fire and it was literally burning a inferno. I'm lucky it didn't catch anything on fire. The only reason it didn't is I had it setting far enough away from the decking And it was far enough away from the house, but it was so hot. Somehow I knew what I had to do, and about that time my wife comes out and says, Let's pour water on it. Now, my wife is smarter than the average bear she is, but she doesn't understand grease fires, obviously. I said, That will explode, and we'll have a bigger problem we ever had. No, no, if you don't do anything, go get me a little flour. And I reached down there, and right under the burners and the pan and all that, you know, set sets your gas bottle. And it was hot to the touch to turn it off. But I got her turned off, and it started burning less and less. Eventually, that grease all burned up, and I just had a few hot spots. I poured a little flour on it. I didn't use it again until I took that pan out and totally cleaned it. But it was pretty clean. It had all burned off. I was amazed how fast something can get away from you. So my new protocol on grilling out is I get everything ready in the house. Then I go out and turn on the grill. And I sit there the 10 minutes or whatever it takes for the grates to get hot and the grill to get hot enough to grill correctly. Then I go in, I get my stuff, I come right back out. And I babysit that fire the whole time. I don't know what I was thinking all those years, but I never had a problem. That's how people get in trouble with their fireplaces and wood-burning stoves. Never have a problem. What do you mean clean my flue? I've never had a problem. It draws okay. I'm a firm believer you should clean your fireplace every fall before you ever start a fire in there for the winter season. Clean that fireplace. Those flues build up with creosote. If you have a chimney fire, you could have a bigger problem than I had with my gas grill. That is a fact. Do not ever take fire for granted. Also, I lived in a couple places that the only source of light was oil lamps. You put lamp oil in these lamps that have a, like a glass base that holds oil and you can see the level of it. There's a wick that sits down there and you can adjust the height of the wick for how much light you want it to produce. You have to wash the little chimney glass that the wick lights up in and it also gives it a place to flue out. You have to wash that because those get full of smoky residue. It puts out a wonderful light. It's a lot of work. And if you have electric light bulbs, you really don't need one of those unless you're looking for, there again, ambiance candles i have heard many many stories of people leaving a candle too close to a curtain letting the candle burn down all the way and somehow catching something close to it on fire burning the house down there again a candle can give a warm loving feeling to a room but you have to respect it you have to respect that fire even if it's just a little bitty flame it only takes a spark to get a fire going On my land, I burn trash. I have my fireplace. We have bonfires in the fall a lot of times. I don't burn my fields or fence lines like a lot of these old farmers do around here. I don't trust myself with fire enough to do that, but I do burn brush piles almost every spring. I have to or the brush piles would take over. You're trimming up trees and cutting trees down and limbs are falling off of trees and you have to put them somewhere. So you make a brush pile. I always have two going, and usually I burn the oldest one. Unless I feel like I'm far behind, then I'll burn two. I always want to do that while the land is wet, like in the spring or after rain. Spring is the best time. Maybe there's still a little snow on the ground. Get that brush pile going, and it can put off tremendous heat. And you have flames going up 20 feet. You do not want to disrespect that brush fire. You do not want to disrespect it at all. When I burn my trash, when the barrels are full, I have to take them to the transfer station. They used to let me just put the barrel in the pickup and then empty it out there in the transfer station, but they were causing so many fires that now I have to empty that barrel in my pickup truck before I take it to the transfer station for them to haul it to the dump That keeps anything from happening as far as fire. My fireplace, like I said, I clean my chimney every year, every year. The bonfire, since it's usually in the fall, things are usually a little damp anyway, but I never make a bonfire very big. They're more along the lines of a campfire, maybe a little bigger. I've made myself a fire pit with tables and benches around it. Maybe throw a couple hay bales out there if we're gonna have a few more people. Fire is one of man's most precious commodities and yet it can be one of the most destructive. Whenever something goes unchecked or gets too large or out of control, you have a problem. Not just fire. There are so many things in this life that are akin to fire. Now nobody invented fire. We learned how to harness fire and how to use it for good and we've also learned how to use it for bad. Man is a smart animal, sometimes too smart for his own good. Thanks for your time today. I had a blast talking about fire. You know, you set a little fire to some dynamite and you do have a blast. Look around with a soft heart And you will see that kindness is everywhere. You definitely get what you look for. Always be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.